I'm Stephen Gregory Smith. And I'm Matt Connor. We are going back to the high for season five of the, the Connor and Smith, Smith Show. Whoa. I was just trying to see what you were doing. I was just doing something different. Man, you're all dressed up dapper. Yeah, um, tonight is a telethon at Creative Cauldron. We'll be raising $10,000 in three hours by uh, asking people to enter into raffles. And every 30 minutes, there'll be different prizes and there's lots of entertainment. Oh, wow. And yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. And it runs from 6 to 9 p.m. 6 EST. to 9. It's uh, live streamed. It's Tonight, in person. Which is Monday, December 5th. It's on the... Um, it's on the Christmas Angel set, so we're going to be in front of a little fireplace. So creativecauldron.org, if you're interested in watching Matt via um, intertubes, uh, it's free to watch. So that's tonight, so I'm going to try to get this out so maybe our listeners can tune in. Um, well, uh, so we've just opened the Christmas Angel, and so that's up and running as well. We're And speaking of angels, yeah. tonight we're talking to Tracy, Tracy Bonner. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and we will be right back. In 1985, Tyler was meeting Justin at their favorite arcade, Longshot. Just as Justin was about to confess his love for Tyler... The world changed. Blending elements of 1980s pop culture and LGBTQIA fiction, we journey through this incredible experience that brings them closer together as they fight against a world trying to keep them apart. Listen to Longshot on Anchor FM, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, Tracy Bonner. <laughs> Hello, Steve Smith. How are you? I'm great. I am sitting here with my husband and co-host, Matt Connor. Hey, 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 hey. Matt Connor, how are you? What's going on, Trace? <laughs> Let me tell you what. How long has it been since we've all seen each other, right? Goodness gracious. I can't. It's a long time. <laughs> yeah, it's been a long time since we've seen anybody. <laughs> well... And no joke about that, right? Right. <laughs> Where are you um, located this evening? So currently I am in Dayton, Ohio. Okay. Um, I just moved into a new house this past week. So I am still within my first week of my new home that I just bought. So what, what, where were you prior to Dayton? So prior to Dayton, I was at Northern Kentucky University, which is just south of Cincinnati. Okay. Um, and uh, so it's about 40, 50 minutes from where I am now. Um, yeah, that's where I was before this. And so. then this is a job change is the reason for the move or? It is. It's a job change. Yes. Wait, you were in South Kentucky in Ohio? Northern Kentucky. So uh, <laughs> the north part of Kentucky kind of does this little like U shape, kind of like an upside down U or like a rainbow. Um, and Ohio kind of wraps around it. Oh, right? really? So, yeah. So even though I was in Northern Kentucky, I was actually closer to Cincinnati than I was to any other major city. Like I was five minutes away from Cincinnati. So I think so, I knew that you were in Kentucky for a hot second. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. So. We'll get yeah. back to all of that. But. Um, oh, sure. But, but let's rewind a little further. <laughs> Where are you originally from, Tracy? Originally from Lexington, Kentucky. Aha. So the roots are strong in the Kentucky area truth didn't plan on going back but it kind of worked out so still family there 
still do. Mom and dad are still there and still well and healthy. Um, and my sister is living there as well, who is also a Shenandoah grad, ironically. And what, what was the thing, Tracy, when you were little that like got you started in the arts? Mm, that's such a great question. Well, initially I was a, I was always a dancer. So dance was always my primary um, modus operandi. That was always my first step into everything. And so um, I had done a lot of dance competition work and I'd done a lot of like community theater and that kind of thing, but dance was always the hook. And uh, so that's kind of where it all started. I, when I was five years old, five or six years old, my grandpa took us to see the Nutcracker and he slept through the whole thing and I never sat down <laughs> right. and the rest is history. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so what, what um, you said community theater, dance things, what puts Shenandoah on your radar? Mm, yeah. Well, I was, um, cause I'm like, I grew up about an hour from Cincinnati. And as we all know, since CCM has a huge following and um, that was a school that just was a little too close to home for me. And so I kind of went seeking other schools and I really was looking for a school that had a strong musical theater program and strong music training, but also very strong yeah. dance. And that's what brought me to Shenandoah because the other schools I was looking at, I couldn't be a um, like, concert dancer as well as a theater dancer you you kind of were restricted in other programs and at SU I got the opportunity to kind of be a double major uh so that was that was a big draw for me yeah um the dance program at SU also very incredible very incredible mm -hmm. instructors there um and and when you got to SU, what was the, um, what are some things that kind of stick out to you as like highlights that, that you always take with you? Oh gosh. Well, I think um, the opportunity to do as many shows and as many as performances as we did in that environment and that, and the quality of those performances, I think really stood out. Um, you know, certain friends, Greg Goodbrode and I were always really close. Um, Shelly Work and uh, Annie Cerrone, we all hung together. Like there were people that connected me. I think one of my strongest memories is what I called like the girl clan on the fourth floor of Parker. Cause it was all us theater girls in like all the same wing of uh, suites in the dorms. And so we just hung out there all the time and, and went to the theater house downtown. And, uh, and so I think having all those girls around and then just being able to be in so many different performances and again, being able to do concert work as well as musical theater work and being able to cross over. So. And there I have, it has to be mentioned because we, it's been a common theme coming up on mm -hmm. the show, but the, we were all in Pippin together. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and we, um, we were just, we've talked with everyone who was in that production of just like, how cool we all thought we were doing that show. <laughs> How cool oh, yes. we thought we were doing that show. <laughs> that is so true. That was my last show at Shenandoah because I graduated in December. Yeah, so that was my last oh, show. Oh, I forgot that. Did you start early or you had uh, more advanced credits? To I had more credits. I transferred in with some credits. So I came in at a sophomore level. And so I stayed one extra semester to get all my credits done and graduated in December. So... And I ran crew on your one woman show. Yes, you did. Which I still have a picture of all of us. <laughs> yes, I remember the show very well. Um, 
I remember just how, the great selection of music. Mm. Um, it was uh, God rolling along, right? Merrily yeah. roll along. Yeah, was in it. But you know they don't do that anymore at Shenandoah. The one people, one person shows. No, I heard. Yeah, I think they went to like two people shows for a while, and now they don't do them at all anymore. Yeah, I'm like, good luck with that. Wow, no kidding. That was like the pinnacle. We all worked so hard to make those special, you know. Well, <laughs> it also gave everyone such an individual identity. I agree. Like, I agree. I, I think yeah. downstairs. Did I feel more what? I think downstairs in that trunk, I have every single program from every single one person show. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I bet, yeah. Because I think like for me, as being able to create that, I got to do like more acting work than I, I I'd always been kind of the chorus girl and kind of the, you know, um, the ditzy blonde or whatever. And that gave me an opportunity to like dig in a little bit more and do some deeper work and also still get to dance, you know, so. Yeah, I I wouldn't have traded that experience for absolutely anything. Well, I know I know that we've talked on our podcast with uh, Robin and Mary, mm -hmm. um, both about the sort of sanctuary of a dance studio. <laughs> yeah, and how you walk in, and if you don't really understand what we're talking about, then you've never really been in a that sort of environment. But I think there's some there's something that can't be learned that is just kind of um, experience when you take dance and you work on a physical project and it comes out of you without um, words. It comes out of you without a plot and you're telling everything just from your soul. Yeah. And there are so many, and I, I'll stay in the musical theater realm for now, because <laughs> I could also go farther, but there are so many iconic moments in our life mm -hmm. that uh, for better or for worse, we, we see um, ourselves in these, um, okay, I'll say one is Cassie's dance in Chorus Line. Sure, yeah, yeah. You, you see that dance, you see yourself, you see this person trying to, um, get get a job through dance. Of course, that show is about landing a a a, a job in the business. But then, like moments like you were a part of in Pippin, mm -hmm. which was the Manson trio. Yes, mm -hmm. and this very specific um, visual of dance. Um, it was all, was it all Fosse. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. and Did Mary you... choreographed that. Mary Mary choreographed most of the shows that I I was a, I was dance captain for her for like three years. Wait, and, did um, you see the Fosse um, Verdon? Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. It was yes. incredible. Agreed. Absolutely. The little mini series. Yes. So well done. And so on point. You yeah. Know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like, I know when I did Cats here at Toby's Dinner Theater for six months um, in Columbia, Maryland, mm -hmm. I mean, we pretty much did the original choreography, even though we kind of couldn't say that we were doing that. Um, right. <laughs> and just so many iconic moments in that, that was nothing but a physical, yeah. uh, anyways. Um, so are, have you, um, do you still have a dance in your life? Oh, absolutely. Well, I was, um, so of course I toured with West Side Story and Chorus Line and Showboat um, for a number of years when I first got out of college. And that, so that was, I remember talking to Mary Robert and saying, gosh, you know, I hope I get to do Chorus Line. I, I 
something happened and I wasn't able to do it or I, I wasn't a part of it. And I said, I really hope I get to do it sometime. And she said, oh, you absolutely will. You absolutely will. And it was actually the first job I booked out of college. <laughs> so did you move so, to New York after college? No, well, not immediately. I actually, um, I was working in community, like regional theaters. I was doing, I think I did uh, South Pacific at a regional theater, not far from Dayton, Ohio. And um, then sent in my stuff and uh, they called me and I drove to New York with my boyfriend at the time overnight and we both booked the gig and we were on tour within two weeks. You were so, on tour together? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's kind of cool. It was really cool. <laughs> it was, and especially for your first national tour because like you don't know what's going on. You don't know. And we were both replacements because the tour was already already happening. And so it was just really nice. You automatically had a roommate, you know, <laughs> on the road and things like that. So yeah, it, it made the first tour a lot easier to acclimate to by doing but that. You said you mentioned several tours that you were on. Did you mm -hmm. did you really enjoy the touring lifestyle? I did. It was perfect for straight out of college. It was it was absolutely perfect for me and absolutely perfect for like I wouldn't want to do it now. I wouldn't have wanted to do it when I was 30. Like it was perfect for that time frame. So who who were you in course line and who was he? Uh, he was Larry, who's the like assistant to um, Zach. And I was what they called the singing swing. So I covered all of the major singers, Cassie, BB, Maggie, Deanna, and Val. Uh, so anytime any of those ladies were out, I was on. Oh my God. Uh, yeah, it was, it was trial by fire. So that's Thursday. worse than like learning one part. That's learning six. Well, yeah, and, and the, co the cool part about it was, like, I mean, you guys know me. I always was doing a million different things at once. Like, I never did just one thing. And so it kept me really, my brain really active, so I never really got bored because I was constantly doing different things. Um, but when I joined the show, because the show was already in progress, I, was, I rehearsed for two days in New York, and then they flew me to the company to meet the company. And I was on in, like, 48 hours after meeting the company in Trisha, who's the girl that sings, I really need this job, please God, I need this job, I've got to get this job, right? And then all the people get cut, right? And so when you get cut in Chorus Line, then you become a uh, pit singer for the rest of the show. So uh, I, that was my role. And I did that within, you know, 48 hours of learning that first part of the show. And then over the next few months, every month or so, I would go in for a different role, right? So then I would go in for Maggie, or I would go in for Cassie, or I would go in for Deanna, which now they would never let me do. Like I was lucky I got to do it then because it would be inappropriate. <laughs> we, we didn't think about representation the way we think about it now. Right, so, right. Yeah. Um, would you go on tour again? Uh, depending, if it was the right show, yes. If it was the right show. I would wanna do like a first national where you get to sit down for like five or six weeks. Um, I'm not interested in split weeks anymore. <laughs> I think they're bringing back, um, I think they're bringing, uh, they're trying to bring back a little dance show to Broadway called Contact. Oh, yeah? Wow. A little birdie from New York flew down here and told me. And told you that. How I never saw Contact. Yeah. I only saw video. I never saw it live. So. Yeah. Yeah. I always thought it was an alien film with, um, what's her face? <laughs> yes, um, Gourney Weaver. Something like that. It's the musical. Yeah. Of that. Contact. <laughs> Well, you know, uh, Tracy, it's funny you saying that uh, it was good for your brain because, you know, you were always busy learning all those tracks. I, I remember in college, it seemed like you were quite the multitasker always. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And it seemed like you always had a bag of, you know, three or four things that you were looking at at once or uh, two projects. And maybe that's because it always seemed like you were in the dance program, but also in the musical theater program. And maybe that's why. Yeah. And that probably is why to a certain degree, but I think that's part of what made me a great swing. Um, you kind of have to be that person that gets bored really easily to want to do six different tracks in a show. Yeah. Yeah, that's so we're gonna let it go. Oh, I'll do this one track and I'm gonna live this life and it's gonna be great, you know. Um, and I did that once too, but it wasn't as fulfilling. I mean, I appreciated it and I loved the opportunity, but it wasn't as fulfilling for me as an artist as it was to constantly having to shift and grow in different ways. So I've I've swung a couple different productions here in the DC metro area, and it mm -hmm. is I won't say it's thankless. <laughs> um, because you're always grateful for a job. Um, right. But, but it is a lot of like, hurry up and wait and be ready mm -hmm. and wait. And I don't know, I, what got me through all of that was I would have little mini notebooks for every character that I swung. And so if I needed a Bible, you know, I mm -hmm. would have this tiny little thing that had everything in it. And I would just kind of every show run the show in a different uh, character yeah, that's um, exactly what I did backstage in Chorus Line over and over and over. So, yeah. Just so interesting. Um, yeah. How, how you have to compartmentalize if you're covering multiples. Like, it's so, mm -hmm. you can't think about it too much or else you'll go crazy. You yes. just have to, like, put keep it in little boxes, right? Yeah. And I will say the company that I was with was fabulous um, because Chorus Line really functions on a grid. And so find the place even if you haven't done that track before I remember the first time I went on for Maggie I didn't get a rehearsal and um so when I went in I was I was trusting the company around me to get me to the right spot uh you know and there was more than one time where somebody would just like kind of reach over and grab my hand and kind of pull me this direction you know <laughs> um because we just had such a strong company and the show was so specifically set you know so that that made it a little bit easier to do that job so so after you toured for a few years, what came up next after those? Well, I started doing some regional theater and I was hoping to kind of, you know, as all of us, I was hoping to land the Broadway gig and stay in town. And um, about the time that that happened, about the time that I was like, okay, I'm going to commit. I just finished playing charity at a regional house. And I thought, okay, I'm going back to New York. I'm going to stay in New York and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to book the Broadway gig next. And that was the summer of 9-11. Ah. And um, so that changed everything for all of us in a multitude of ways. But what I remember as a young artist was going, okay, by the time this turns around, I'm not going to be the young comic ingenue anymore. And I've got to think about what the world is going to look like for me because I'm, I'm very short for those of us that, that are listening that don't know, I'm very short. I'm only like five, two and a half, five, three. And um, I can't play, nobody would believe me as a mother or anything like that. Like, like the next role for me from Chorus Line and you know, Ellie Mae, Chipley and Showboat, then it's Pippin's grandmother, like that's it, right? <laughs> <laughs> and so that all that in between, I was like, I gotta think about what this is gonna look like and what I want my world to look like. And so that's when I started choreographing more and working regionally as a choreographer, which led to me moving to California and getting my master's in dance and choreography. Oh, cool, from where? University of California, Irvine. Nice. And then your which, master's took how much longer? Uh, it only took two years. I was really specific. There are some programs that do a three-year program, but I didn't want to stay that long. Plus I had 
a pretty sizable career behind me. So I was really looking for those three letters behind my name, that MFA, that would get me in the door to universities or companies or anything like that, that I might be able to be in a more leadership role and be creating. So, um, so around 9-11 is when I started thinking about that. It took me a few more years before I took off and did it, but, um, but it, was, it was absolutely the right choice, so. And you loved California? I loved California. I would move back to California tomorrow. Thanks. I'm waiting for the call. <laughs> <laughs> so, so after the MFA happened, what was your next move? So from there, I, um, I started working in the university circuit. And so which means I taught at like three different universities and was driving all over LA and Orange County. And I did that for about three years. And then I booked uh, the, the coveted tenure track at a university. And um, I spent my first position, I, I also ironically was a bouncer. Some of my, friend, my dance friends from California are like, how do you get three tenure track jobs and keep moving through them? And I was like, I don't know, I just did. But I, uh, I got a tenure track job in Colorado and I spent a year there, but I didn't feel like it was a good fit. So I left there and then spent a year in Memphis uh, same situation. And that contract was not renewed. After a year, they were letting that position go. Universities are struggling, as we all know now. And uh, finally landed at Northern Kentucky University, just south of Cincinnati, Ohio. And I spent seven years there as a tenure track professor, head of dance at their, in their theater and dance department, and um, then eventually gained tenure at that university before I left. So... So what, just for those not in the know and whatever, yeah. my curiosity, yeah. what is an average day for you as like the head of the dance department? Sure. Well, when I was in the university, so you have a teaching load of, depending on the university, you can have anywhere from three to five classes that you teach. So very often my classes would be like advanced jazz and choreography. And then maybe I'm choreographing a show. I would get release time to choreograph a show or a musical rather than teach a class. And then in my bed, I'd have dance history maybe or something like that, right? So, um, so it, you'd be teaching three, three to five classes. My university was a four, four load, which means you taught four in the spring and four in the fall. I always taught three and three because I always choreographed a show or I was the artistic director of the dance concert, right? And so you have a lot of freedom in your time because you don't necessarily have to be on campus nine to five, that kind of thing. Um, but you have a lot of of normal business hours. So lots of rehearsals at night, placement classes, incoming student auditions, um, helping the theater people with that, that audition, even if you're not involved in it. Um, you know, it, it feels like it's a million things all happening once. So that part kind of like being a swing was really fantastic and kept me, kept me alive in a lot of ways, um, but also then became challenging. So I, I eventually chose to walk away from that. So yeah, I, I can imagine it feels like, oh, God, what am I choreographing next? What is this? Yeah, yeah it's got to be a yeah. lot of things, a lot of moving it parts. Is, and it's, yeah, and you have like maybe one show is like opening, but then you're auditioning the other one before that one opens. And so, you know, um, and, and not all theater programs are as organized as Shenandoah was for us and are not as thorough in the work that they do. Um, so I think one thing I discovered as a professor is that not all programs are made the same way. And uh, 
expectations are not going to be met when you have when you come from a place like Shenandoah or the University of California, you have expectations that sometimes uh, smaller programs can't meet. Okay, so hold the phone right there. <laughs> so you then got to really have a, a, a nice uh, comparison system of universities because now you are walking in as a teacher and you then even grew a bigger appreciation for what Shenandoah offered it seemed like they had their shit together a little bit. Absolutely. And I spent a lot of time in universities. So as we all know, Shenandoah is a conservatory and many of our theater programs across the country are liberal arts programs. And so they um, don't have the same level of training or expectation. They also don't have the requirements for performance or concert attendance or any of those kinds of things. So it gets really difficult to get students um, that need that kind of intensive training to the level that it gets hard to get students to that level that they need to be successful when there's not requirements in coursework. Right, and, and just watching um, one of Shenandoah's um, dance concerts, you immediately understand the program, the discipline, yeah. um, the wonderful teachers. Um, what was the woman from Michigan? Oh, uh, Liz Bergman. Liz, Liz Bergman. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, folksies. That was Erica. Erica would say, okay, folksies? Yeah. I remember going to Robin Schroth's office and always trying to find her so we could gossip. She, she was the go-between. She was like the theater and dance go-between, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I loved, I, I, same year. Yeah, I think it was the fall, question mark, maybe, mm. uh, dance concert of my freshman year, the same year I crewed your one woman show and did Pippin. Yeah. I believe I was on the crew for the dance concert and was like, that's where I got to see like Jody Allen dancing and was yeah. like, holy shit. Like, yeah. I had not been exposed to a ton of dance or modern uh -huh. prior to Shenandoah. So like yeah. my was blown seeing people using their bodies in ways you know outside of seeing ballet or tap or sure. you know, jazz I it was just a new world for me and totally yeah and also seeing things uh painted in pictures with bodies that is non um uh, a different expression than we would yes. use in musical theater yeah, it becomes incredibly abstract. You know, Jody and I are still very good friends. She's in Boston and we've kept up with each other along the way. And um, she also got her master's in dance and was at a university for a while. I'm not sure what she's doing now, but you know, the, the idea of that dance that moves beyond human um, communication, right? Being able to commute things that, communicate things that are abstract and different and not necessarily uh, linear, right? And that's one of the things that I came to really love as I grew as a dance artist is making that kind of work. Cause it, it sounds silly. And to people that don't, that wouldn't be from the same world as me, like choreographing musical is easy. That, that's like cookie cutter for me, but being able to create something out of nothing when there's no script, there's no score, there's no set. You have to come up with all of that in your head um, challenged me in, in new ways, which was really exciting. So. Yeah, I, I got it. I think we, Matt and I both choreographed theater and stuff, but I, I never thought about that, about like the story in and of itself is connected to the music. There is no set, you know, 
costumes are not really, you know, they can add something too, but you don't dance through costume um, right. per se, or you can, right. I guess, depending on the style, but um, right. that's, that's interesting. Um, yeah. And so here you are in Ohio. And yeah. we have bounced again to Ohio and gone <laughs> from Northern Kentucky to Southern Ohio. I know it's pretty wild. And some yeah. of it looks exactly the same, <laughs> but um, yeah, I left the university. So I, I left my tenure track position in May of this year. And um, I kind of decided at the beginning of the year that I was interested in moving on for a number of reasons. Um, not, only because I wasn't necessarily happy where I was and I felt like my time was waning, but my body started to telling me, started telling me it was time. So um, the other fact, because I hadn't seen you yet, I've had two hip surgeries and two foot surgeries oh, wow. to repair damage done from being a dancer, right? So, um, so after the second foot surgery, I was like, okay, Trace, you need to start paying attention. You need to not be pushing your body to do this level of work every day. You're just, I've, I've always been hypermobile and I've got, you know, I've, have joints that function outside of a normal range of motion. And so all of that over years and years and years and years causes a lot of damage. And um, I had to start thinking about how I wanted to be a part of dance, but not be the one dancing all the time. Um, and it, you know, if I'd been at a university like Shenandoah where there's higher level students, I probably could have stayed with the university system longer because the dancers, you can, if you can't do it, they are strong enough that they can, they can demonstrate it. You can say, yeah, that's it. Right. But in the university systems I was in, the dance programs were not as advanced. So I had to do physically a lot more. So all right, that to say, right. You, you want to be more of a dance coach rather than the dance teacher yeah. because you don't have to do quite as much. Exactly, exactly. And when your body starts to go, okay, lady, you're not 25 anymore, you know, um, you have to start listening. So I, uh, I took a job with an organization that is a nonprofit called the Dayton Performing Arts Alliance, which is a organization that runs the ballet, the Dayton Ballet, the Dayton Symphony and the Dayton Opera. And I work in kind of a dual position. I work in fundraising. Um, and I specifically work in helping to rebuild. We have a new artistic director coming in for dance. And so I'm helping to do some rebuilding in that program uh, with their training schools and things like that. So, Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a nice transition that I'm kind of, I say I'm dance adjacent now <laughs> rather than dance primary. So, yeah. All I could get in my head after you said a dance coach, Maddie, was the woman from Drop Dead Gorgeous who's smoking a cigarette going, Tom, do close, Tom, do close, plie. You know? um, well, I use that reference a lot when I'm teaching piano and I explain to my kids, uh, sometimes when I only become, sometimes when I transition into becoming a piano coach yes. where I literally can, you know, step away a little bit more, but just instill refine what they are already doing, but not have to work quite as hard. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, as I, a friend of mine who, like you, Matt, is a, is a pianist and a vocalist and, you know, music directing and that kind of stuff, too. He's like, it doesn't matter how big my belly gets. As long as I can hit the keys, I'm good to go. Right? Right, and, right, right. And I kind of laughed. I said, well, you know, I mean, I, I can only kick my face so many times and the right. hamstring's just going to not do it anymore. <laughs> you know? So, 
um, we, I don't think that, I definitely didn't think about this as a young dancer was the wear and tear on my body and what that would look like. But it also makes me so, so, so glad that I got my degree because that set me up to be able to do the things I'm doing now that I would have never had that option had I not had the degrees. So. Well, I think so many people who aren't in quote, quote, unquote, the business yeah. don't really understand how athletic it is to be a performer, even if you're just acting, but to mm -hmm. perform and be physical with your body and expressive. And then the dancers and, um, you know, a singer, man, you really have to be in uh, constant shape to be um, just doing all that. Yeah. I mean, you really don't ever get to take time off when you're working at that level. Like you could take a day off or you could like have a cookie on one day, but you right. really can't like take a week off. Yeah. because you won't you won't be able to get back to the level that you were at you know yeah so. So, so your plan right now is to kind of stay there for a hot second yeah i think um what i'm really excited about here i'm working with a uh president and ceo here that is a high level arts has worked in a lot of arts consultant firms and is nationally renowned for fundraising and training people to be good fundraisers and um he actually, when he interviewed me for the job, we, he interviewed for a couple of different jobs, but at one point he called me and he said, you know, Tracy, I think I remember you saying you want to be an executive director or an artistic director someday. And I said, yeah, I do. I think, I, I think I do want to do that. I just don't have any idea what it looks like. And he said, well, I think I can do that for you if you want to come and play with me for a little while. And I was like, okay, keep talking, you know, because I recognize that I have a skill in the studio, but I also have a skill administratively to help guide people towards running better programming, right? right. And that came from my university, from what I learned by having to run the university system kind of as a solo faculty member, the only dance faculty running a dance program and a theater program. And so after learning all that, I thought, gosh, yeah, if I can be around people that really love and support dance in the way that I love and support dance, I can convince them to give the money that we need to keep the arts alive, you know? So, right. um, so my goal is, you know, in a few years to be able to move into a, maybe a bigger position. I did, I did do one interview this year that I ended up turning down with Martha Graham at, in New York City because I didn't feel like I was ready to go back to New York yet. But um, I'm hoping that I'm, I'm hoping somebody else will call. <laughs> Well, along those lines so what um when you're creating something whether it's a dance piece or choreographing whatever um what inspires you creatively like what makes you your brain really come up with what you need to come up with any album um, from bjork <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think um i guess i would say it, the human condition um yeah evaluating like even there, there's a piece that I did um it's been a couple of, it was like right before COVID like it was the piece that we took to festival like the week before COVID shut the world down and um that piece was based in feeling trapped mm. and so the entire you did that piece, before COVID <laughs> I did that before COVID exactly right. ironic started right the whole thing yeah Tracy yeah. you started it um <laughs> Yeah, so I think that human and how you can bring that to life in a new way um, or how you can give physicality to an experience or a circumstance. You know, I, I had at, at University of California, I had a colleague, um, like a 
person in my graduate program that had a younger brother with autism. And I remember a piece that she did. I still like kind of get like goosebumps when I think about it, but she had probably 20 dancers on stage and they all were doing this wild, big, huge movement, jumping and flying and throwing and tossing and looked really erratic and very like, um, like Pina Bausch, like just off the walls. And then there was one guy that was in white that was moving super slowly and very deliberately, kind of just walking from upstage to downstage. And her representation was that's what it's like for somebody with autism to live in the world. Oh, wow. And that's powerful. If, if the arts can do that, if we can get people to see how others experience the world, then yeah. we're doing something right, you know? Yeah. That's incredible sounding. Yeah, it was, I'll never forget it. It was one of the most moving experiences of my life, so. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree. I always tell a lot of classes and parents and stuff that I'm working with. I mean, the arts is the only subject that combines all subjects. Yes. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it, it brings us together really quick when yes. we watch something or see something. And, you know, I'm still moved. I mean, we were moved a lot, you know, during the um, pandemic, trying to figure out how to like, survive and watching different things and seeing mm -hmm. different things and you know people started sharing different theater things and yeah um i got i actually saw hamilton for the first time on youtube when i, oh, I guess sure. something, like stuck stuck it out there or something before it came out on disney yeah. plus yeah and nice. and it was like every day <laughs> we would check and be like it's still up we can watch it again <laughs> love it that's been um, and that choreography is off the charts andy did such mind a blowing show yeah mind yeah. blowing absolutely um but but uh yeah i mean through that period and coming out of it is you know it's so interesting we've, we've lived we started this whole podcast during the pandemic just to kind of talk to friends and, and sure. check in with people and try to give people something positive to listen to mm. um and then this this SU season has really been also moving um, because all of you, all alum, you know, that all of us know or knew just a little bit, we never really fully knew each other. We knew our interactions with each other. Yeah. So even getting to know everyone on a higher level and also just like it's a 25 year catch up basically. You know? <laughs> totally. Yeah. Um, and how the, how the pool break happened. And all yeah. the all of us as balls went in different directions, you know, and what that what that turned into. Absolutely. You know? Well, yeah. you know, there's yeah. a, there's also an expectation when we're younger of what we're supposed to do. You know, everybody's family yeah. is like, well, are you going to be on the Broadway, or are you <laughs> going to be on the TV? Yeah. And uh, yeah. it's been very reassuring to hear so many journeys uh, of giving and living and surviving and you know, just having our art basically be um, constantly this um, changing, this plethora of uh, colors that just keeps changing in different ways. Yeah, um, yeah. I know uh, one of the, me and Steven were asked to give advice to a graduating class um, during the pandemic. We, they were at, we were asked to film something for them and we were like, oh my mm -hmm. God, what are we gonna tell this graduate class <laughs> except like, sorry about your luck right now. <laughs> and um, we finally uh, came upon an idea for them to, to remind them 
that they are going to meet different versions of themselves along the way. And it was okay to love every different version. Mm. And I feel yeah. like that's that we have, um, you know, we all know that we all have to wear different hats to uh, not only in the business, but also the, the, the few of those hats that we that got guide us our survival jobs. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, um, because, because uh, I, I just am always curious what when Tracy wants to unwind and mm -hmm. take her head off for the day and rinse it out. What does Tracy these days enjoy watching, streaming, reading, listening to? What What is the thing that oh. um, that that decompresses Tracy? I mean, because um, initially I was going to say wine in our charcuterie board. Yeah, but <laughs> always. The but case. in addition to that, yeah, that's that's pretty standard in my house. But yeah. um, other than that, I'm trying to think if there's anything that specifically I have been connected to recently. Um, I was all about The Handmaid's Tale totally binge that entire series yeah. so i really like i don't want to say necessarily sci-fi but as as weird as it sounds for the work that i do um i really like the shows and the the stuff that's super deep i i i'm all in like i i'm not a like okay. i'm not a like how i met your mother kind of person you yeah. know um, I'm really, I, I really get deep into things. So that's probably the most recent I've been with this new job. I've been super busy for the last month or so. And I literally, like I said, just moved into this house this weekend. So I haven't watched a lot of TV in the past month because I've been dealing with all of this uh, transition. But, um, but yeah, that's probably the best answer I can give you. What, but, okay, so now I'm curious. So you, <laughs> you said you get into like super deep things and you named Handmaiden's Tale, of course. What yeah. are some other good, super deep examples of things that you're into? Um, well, there was a, there was a series called uh, Alias Grace, I think, that I watched. That was really interesting. Okay. Um, I'm trying to remember what some of the other ones were. Um, I watched this really cool movie with. I wish I could remember the name of it. Um, I just found it. It was like it was on my like um, algorithm on Netflix, and it was uh, Allison Janney. But it was Alice and Janney as like a undercover CIA agent living on this random island, like hiding from the world. Yeah. It was so cool. And there was a whole, I mean, you know, the whole like people running into the house and shooting up and all that. And not, nobody knows who she is. And she's just this weird little old woman that lives on the island. But she's really like a former CIA agent in hiding. Um, <laughs> you know, so stuff like that, that just is unexpected, I guess. Um, yeah. And... I guess as we're kind of ending out a year and getting ready for a new one, yeah. what are what are some things you're looking forward to in the new year? Oh gosh, I think um, you know I've been through not quite the the half of the season with this new organization. We you know we have three different um, art forms that we support, and so that's a lot of shows on a lot of weekends. And so um, I'm looking forward to what the rest of that season looks like. Um, I've got this great 1930s bungalow that I just bought. So that's going to be fun to like work on and, and fix up and, and change to Amazing. make it mine. Yeah. I'm really, it's going to be, it's going to be a challenge, but it's going to be fun. Um, and I think, I think the biggest thing I'm probably looking forward to, I, I really, um, I struggled in the university system and I never felt valued. And, uh, 
and it really, I mean, honestly, it was really pretty depressive and, and was really challenging for me. So being out of that environment and being in an environment where the people I'm around love the arts for what they do rather than what, what they're supposed to look like. Um, I'm really excited to be a part of an organization that is it, that from that kind of visceral place. Is it kind of because like a lot of America, it's really about sort of consumerism and money and things that just kind of take away from the art? I think, I think that's part of it. I also think that, um, you know, as I've kind of said to you guys, I, I've evolved as an artist to be a person that really sees things in abstract ways. You know, I, when I was in college, I was all about the musical theater dance shows and, you know, those kinds of things. And now I'm much more interested in things that are, um, that combine things in unexpected ways, right? Um, one of the reasons I love Hamilton is because it's really modern choreography in a musical. Um, and so I love that, right? So I think that in university systems and especially in places that are not on either coast, that are not a conservatory, that don't have a lot of money coming in, the Penn States, the Michigans, the Shenandoahs, the Ithacas, the CCMs, if you're not at that level, then we're not, they're not always up to what the best thing is for the students. Sometimes it's what's best for the administration. Right, 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 right. And that makes total sense. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think I got really tired of, of fighting the good fight <laughs> for the kids that needed the experiences. Um, and it wore me out. And so I was just like, okay, well, then I'm going to go find some other people to play. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know we have found here in Washington, because that's been our home for several yeah, decades the whole time, now. Right? You know, yeah. It's, it's so great. Yeah. But, you know, we also uh, at some point started to see that the legacy that we thought we were going to offer as individuals really is uh, really is just a brick to the um, legacy of all the of these theatrical institutions, and mm -hmm. you start to realize, oh, I never forget Melissa Lone. If you're yeah. listening, Melissa, <laughs> I remember one time Melissa said to me, "I'm leaving New York." There's like 6,000 women that can do what I can do. And I think there is something to the fact that you want to not only be, um, you know, uh, a, a cog in a, in, a, in a wheel. Is that what it is? Yeah, mm -hmm. totally. right? yeah. yeah you want to, you know, you want to have your own, um, your own legacy and have your own name and say, I contribute to this or whatever and I think that's where me and Steven started writing so much together mm -hmm. um well it's been great catching up yeah absolutely I'm so grateful you guys reached out to me it's yeah best of luck in the Ohio thank you <laughs> and, and, and to you guys such... as well in the DC area you're burning it up out there that's awesome keep in touch we... well we're still renting so I'm not sure if we're burning <laughs> I'm not, I don't know what we're burning up, but it's the wrong <laughs> thing. We're un unfortunately, we're living in one of the most expensive places to live in the world. Yes. So there's that. In the uh, world. That. In the world. Yeah. 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 And I can guarantee day. you, Ohio is way cheaper, but it's Ohio. So. <laughs> it, there is that. Yes. Yeah. All right, Chase. Well, we love you. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Love you as well. Be well, gentlemen. So Love you too. Talk soon. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. Bye.
thanks so much, Tracy, for talking to us. It was great to catch up with you. Yeah, congratulations on all of your stuff, your journey. So best of luck to you. We love you. Um, if you want to learn more about us, please visit www.connorsmithmusicals.com. That's Connor with an E-R. Uh, you can find us on social media, on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Patreon if you want to support us under, again, Connor and Smith with an E-R. Please rate, review, subscribe to this podcast. It really helps us out a lot. Share it where you share things. Post it where you post things. Um, join the Discord board and uh, put up any kind of hellos or greetings or whatever to your fellow alum who are on that board. It's a lot of fun. Um, other than that, we will see you next time. Bye! Bye.